0: If there was a diamond in the rough, right? What qualities do they have to possess if they don't have the data that supports that fans like their music? Like if they just have hot music and you hear it, you're like, yo, this shit is crazy, but they got no following, got no numbers. They pretty much been writing, creating these records, looking for an opportunity to meet somebody like you. Would you take a chance on that?
1: No, not today. You know why? Because look, the reality is, Mm Whatever, like, what I'm gonna find someone, whatever I think is amazing about you, I'm gonna find the identical person, the identical sound, and I'm gonna put you with 50 other guys who sound similar to that mm. or fairly close to it and look exactly like it. Maybe you talk the same, maybe you say the same exact same words. I'm gonna find 10 other people like that on social media mm-hmm. and I'm gonna pick the person that has the biggest following engagement because the, the reality is there's so many people now you're competing with the same type of people, mm-hmm. but one guy, you have the same people, one happens to have more numbers. Mm. So why would you go with somebody who has less numbers that has the same quality? That makes sense. And it's, it's not, to be honest with you, like what happens is when you find an artist, if we if we want the artist, we, hey, this guy's got fire beats. I'll go get the hottest producer in the world to make a track for him. Yeah. That's not hard. Yeah. If I want the biggest art, if I want, Lil Baby to be on the record. I'll put Lil Baby on the record. Mm. Once you get into the major labels, you can just it's just cutting checks. Yeah. So the reality is, it's better to have an artist that has the momentum mm-hmm. so it makes smarter sense to invest in money because you already see they're making money. Yeah. Typically what labels do now is they look at it and go, how much money is the artist making per year from their streaming royalties? Mm. They look at that num- number, they say it's 100 grand a year. They go, Oh, making making 100 grand a year. So if I give this person $200,000 cash right now, Worst case scenario, if we don't even promote them in two years, they get their money back. Mm -hmm. So that's the way they look at it. They look at it as a real business. I
0: want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I want to be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a Billy every week. I want to be a billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. 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 I want to be a billionaire. I, I ain't getting no sleep I see a Billy every week and I ain't gotta make a- Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I got a very special guest on my show, ladies and gentlemen. You're in for a treat, so take some notes. This man is a record label executive. A publisher, CEO of What's Good Entertainment, ladies and gentlemen, Tori Harrison, A.K.A. Flossie the Boss. What's up, champ? Oh, my man, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, man. I really it's a appreciate pleasure. you.
1: Absolutely a pl- pleasure. Yeah,
0: man. So Such sure short notice. I hit this man up on Instagram. We talked on the phone, one conversation. Boom. A week later, he's here, man. So Run. It. I love it. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So, Flossie the Boss, man. So, where'd you get the name Flossie? Let's
1: talk about that. You know, back in the days when I first started, maybe it was like '97. Mm-hmm. 98 we started my studio in my house and uh i always wore suits so mm. i was picking up artists from the hood wearing suits and coming bringing them back to the house and yeah making music so people would always say why are you always flossing mm. why are you always trying to dress and impress and the, the flossing back in the days was a word like you're showing up or-
0: Dress right. and fly, mm-hmm. so um,
1: pretty soon, you know, when I started my label, people were calling me The Boss. Mm-hmm. So it would be Flossie the Boss. Right. So I'm like, that's Flossie the Boss, that's yeah. Flossie the Boss, so that's <laughs> right. pretty much, it's stuck and everybody called me that since. So. I love and it. And I don't have a problem with you calling my legal name, most people don't know it, but uh mm. most, that's why I just flossy like even my kids refer, tell their friends, this is Flossie. Yeah. They don't say, this is my dad, they go, this is Flossie. Awesome. It's just that stuck
0: with everybody, so i love it man oh, that's amazing man it's cool that you have a family man are they into the music business as well or? um
1: so like none of them are really into the um music my my son he's djing now sweet. so more edm stuff oh sweet. so he, he loves doing that and then um my producing I just, or just djing just djing he's trying to produce new music um my other son i have two kids two sons one daughter mm. My other son, just younger than him, uh, mm. Prodigy, he's a host of the, the podcast with Prodigy. Hey. So he's in the entertainment business, but just on the podcast level. Sweet. So he's, he's 18 now. Okay.
0: So. Sweet, man. Good stuff, brother. So walk me through your journey, man, you know, for the people who don't know, right? Because it seems like you're the, the puppeteer, right? The guy yeah. behind... Every, all, everybody that's doing everything, you're behind that, you're that machine. And that's what this show is typically about. You know, it's about getting insider information from celebs and entrepreneurs That yeah. how to become an industry professional. But I like to highlight the unsung heroes, right? The guys, you know how they always say, oh, this artist who's big as hell has this machine behind it, right? And I want to highlight those individuals, because in front of the camera, there's one job, but behind the camera, there's like 200 jobs, right? So I want to walk through your journey, man. So share with the people who you are and where you come from and how you got into this business and your, your track record.
1: Well, to, 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 so it's not boring. I basically... Take I, your time. I you grew boy. up my whole life listening to hip hop. Mm. Um, that's all I ever knew. And that's all I ever wanted to be into. My, they They spoke my language, meaning they were talking back in the days, hip hop, rap what they used to call it the 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 lyrics and melodies were all about being broke and telling stories about growing up poor the come up. and so um the classic arts Yeah. Music. and today it's more about people talking about how wealthy I are looking at my jewelry looking at my girls but it wasn't it's like awesome. a, yeah it was more like hey <laughs> They would tell stories of how they lived. Mm. The real stories. Not yeah. like, you know, we, we're no, we weren't all... No one is balling when they come out the game, you know? Like, right. it, when you get into the game, you start making um, money. Of course, you can get the nice things. But back yeah. then, they would, they would say, like, look, man, I, my house is broken down. I ain't got no money, this and that. Yeah. The struggle. Right. And so that touched me because I, my family, we were dirt then Where from? Uh, we Originally, uh, I was born in Newport Beach. Which is was actually the place I was born. Mm. Now, that's not a... Um, Poor area, right. really nice area. Mm. But um, parents were divorced. Moved to Huntington Beach, and then my my mom hopped around as a single mom mm. with five kids at the time. I came from wow. a family of ten, wow. but uh, she hopped around, worked as a cocktail waitress, and we would get evicted from place to place. Mm. And eventually, we ended up in Santa, a mm. little gang territory, um, and we grew up poor there with a bunch of other poor people. Right. So um, that was kind of my my. Started getting into trouble years. Mm-hmm. A lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah, we grew up poor than then um, listening to rap, I got into breakdancing, pop and locking, and uh my brother and I, and then we started rapping. Yeah. We were younger, like in high school years, we rapped. we actually we we uh we performed at our ball, yeah. at prom. It you guys had a group name back then? TNT Fresh. A- my a- brother's a- name a- was Tyler Tori, yeah. TNT Fresh, fresh was the cool word back then, right? And so um we rapped corny, we were corny. I mean, <laughs> me more corny than my younger brother, he, he was much better lyrically than I was. Yeah. But um but yeah, we so we did that and then uh, went through a series of just trying to work and make money and uh started making a little bit of money at a job. But my and I was and then I started making a lot of money at my job. I think I was like around twenty-one years old, making three hundred grand a year. Lovely. And uh, th- at that time was pretty good money. Oh uh, yeah. But uh single and so I Although I was making great money, I could continue to make great money, but I wasn't happy. It wasn't what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. And so I decided I wanted to do something in music. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what it was because I didn't know what I wanted to do either. Like I just wanted to be in that industry. industry yeah, somehow. So I figured, you know what? This is before independent label thing was cool. Mm-hmm. I started working with artists, buying gear, making music mm-hmm. uh from, you know, from scratch, building a studio in my apartment, mm-hmm. making music, and then said figured out, okay, what can I do? I went to the couple, they didn't have the internet. Oh, right. Right. Through a phone book, right. call uh, right. Atlantic Records, call right. Warner Brothers, nobody would take your call. Right. Couldn't figure out how to, how to even listen to these how people. I don't way in. So I figured, you know what, mm-hmm. no one cares about me, I'm just gonna go ahead and start my own. Right. And I started my own label built a studio Mm -hmm. and got a bigger studio and started putting out artists myself selling cds door-to-door oh wow cds CDs Mm -hmm. door-to-door selling them on the streets however we can make money Mm -hmm. and ultimately the um the thing expanded started growing making more money Mm -hmm. and started taking off yeah and so um people started knowing who i was so and at that point the only way you could probably break a, ra- uh, a record back in the days would you had to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. And so I started hanging out at radio stations, going, mm-hmm. hey, listen to my music. Well, I'm not the artist, but I mean, I have a compilation. They're mixed tape, called mixtapes now. Right. But I have a compilation of different artists. Like, I would go to the hoods, like Compton or Watts myself, okay. and mm-hmm. I would grab artists and say, hey, do you rap? and look looking for rappers. And they would come and start rapping. I'd bring them back to the house and make records. I'd put them on a compilation. Mm-hmm. And then, um, The radio station got sick of seeing me, and they finally said, come in one day. as a college radio station in Riverside. Yeah. And they said, dude, it's a four-hour show. Mm -hmm. Let me see what you got, because I was there every Sunday. Yeah. So they played my records. Consistency, (laughs) people. Staying on it, and then they played my record. But what I realized right then, everyone started calling me like, damn, you're on the radio. You're on the radio. I'm like, I got to do more of this. This is how it's going to work. And then I started going to the bigger stations, and then please listen to my record. And then I basically got the DJ's, bank account. yeah Yes. shot <laughs> <them> some money, <laughs> play my record. <laughs> Next thing you know, right. bam, 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 bam. And my record started to move and uh, I, I uh, started working with, well, the story was, these comp- the dot .com era came up. Yeah. Bunch of companies are really buying in these websites this is when the internet's brand new. Mm. And this company was doing music, it's called Music Blitz. Mm. And they wanted to do music. They saw that I was selling these CDs, I was doing compilations, um, and making money mm. and they go hey dude when, I don't know how I ran to the guy but he goes I like what you're doing if you can make one for me because they wanted they never, they weren't selling music on the internet at the time right he goes make one for my website we'll sell it on my website I'll give you $50,000 wow. keep in mind that's crazy money for me at the time Yeah, yeah. And so I said, okay. And he goes, but we need someone famous on it. Keep in mind, I didn't know anybody in the music business. (laughs) I didn't know anybody famous. Right. And uh, so I asked everybody, and all the people I worked with from the streets, yeah, they didn't know anybody famous. But on the streets, we all have tentacles. We have our antennas up. So and so worked with so and so. So I said, hey, dude, whoever finds me this, um, uh, an artist, I'm gonna break you off. So everybody kept their eye out. I was actually looking for Corrupt. Mm -hmm. At the time, he was my favorite lyricist. And I thought he would be a great co- you know combination. But he also <laughs> at the time was probably one of the most popular artists. Right. Snooping them, the dog pound, crushing it, top, top records. Oh yeah. So early, like two or three in the morning, I get a phone call from my, my boy Frank Nitty out of the Moreno Valley. Mm-hmm. And he calls me up, Corrupt's performing with uh Hazakanopies mm-hmm. for South Central Cartel in uh Moreno Valley. Wow. Come through. So I went over, met Corrupt show me his music and what i was really just trying to do whatever i got to do to get him to come to my studio yeah to make a record keep in mind i don't even know know the language or understand like what's proper what's not so i'm just like while he's playing music hey bro check this out i need you to come to my studio i'm gonna make you a record which is like i wouldn't advise anybody to do that because it's super corny right but um he goes yeah yeah but he was drinking having a good time and he goes yeah he gave me his number which cool i wasn't like super excited like oh my god I'm meeting Corrupt although inside I was feeling that way but I wasn't the more my objective was get him to the studio right. so I can get the bag yes so <laughs> as excited I was to meet him I was more excited about next mission get him over to the studio right so it was during the up and smoke tour so they were super busy traveling right. city to city yep. Corrupt was blowing me off like crazy not answering his phone this and that there was no text back then mm. so I kept leaving voicemails like a stalker yeah hey man i don't know where you're at da, da, da. and finally i caught him snoop didn't live too far from my house he lived in claremont yeah. at the time yeah and he goes dude i'm leaving Dog's house right now i'll come th-. like he was irritated with my call. Like, yeah. Bro, i'm gonna come through right now it better be fine right so i brought the, the crew down i had uh, live musicians uh, piano players guitar players vocalists and i had songs that were already T- templated so they could s- with a hook on it or what not so yeah. right? and if he didn't like it We'll make one right there on the fly. We'll Ooh. write it. We'll produce it. We are ready to do it. So uh, Guitars everything so he came through we did three tracks. He was, nice. lost his mind mm. And then he came back and then he's like hey, I want you to start um, Working out producing it. I'm doing it I want you to help me produce it. Wow. So He introduced me to Fred Rick uh, Battle Cat and then I started going to, uh, to and from Snoop's house, yeah, and dropping him off, come picking him up. Started, he was at my house all the time. Right, right, right. I started making records, we did a, um, the agreement was, uh, I just need you to do, you know, I'll produce these records, I just need you to give me a song, mm-hmm. so I can put it on this compilation. Yeah. So, me and moms so busy impressing him, that I didn't get around to doing this song. I had mm-hmm. all the other songs done, the guy kept saying, hey, where are we at? Where are we at? Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose this money. And so he, Corrupt kept saying, you know what, um, when I get back, Mm. I'm like, damn, dude, this guy's might. I might just lose this shit right now. So um, he leaves on the road. We'd already done three songs. If we need a Mm positive, we'd already done three songs, Mm -hmm. you know, back to back with him for his stuff, Mm -hmm. which was priority. He keeps saying they're going to get to mine. Yeah. But Corrupt was amazing freestyle artist mm. he would go on there we'd put a beat on and he would literally rap for like four hours S- to a beat. That out corrupt young guy, baby <laughs> amazing Hello. talent probably one of the best freestyle artists who could like he could crush anybody long term yeah you know what i'm saying somebody might catch him fast but he could he can keep going most yeah. people have to stop mm. so um, we let him record a bunch of uh, music and while he was on the road i go dude We got raps already from him. We took his vocals, made a song around it. Yeah. And, oh, I forgot this. So during this time, he really loved my business savvy, Mm -hmm. because I I made it a point to read books, because they didn't have the internet, Right. buy books on uh, entertainment law, buy books on how to, um, basically, how to go from A to Z in the music business. Everything you need to know about the music business by Donald Donald Patsy. He, read think that think just model. put out a, another addition to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, uh Donald Passman was a guy that the, um, the record labels, mm-hmm. y- he used to hold seminars for the labels, mm-hmm. and he taught them about the business from understanding publishing, mm-hmm. a mechanical royalty, how your music goes in the store, what you're supposed to make. It was just the raw facts of the business. Mm-hmm. And reading it, it was like Chinese. Was a, there's a lot of formulas, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't make sense. But yeah. when it does make sense, when you sell your first CD in a store, Tower Records, um, warehouse and then Universal is distributing it, it all starts adding up. You're like, oh, okay, this now, because I read it, I was instantly in the game. What's yeah. that? Damn, I understand it. It's on a piece of paper. Thank you, Donald Passman. Oh, yeah. And so um, that guy, and I've read every book, but that guy had you know, the best practical sense out of it. Did you ever meet him? Never met him. I'd love to meet him. Yeah, but same. um but Only because I just, because he was very helpful for me. Yeah. Helpful for me because there was nothing, like right now you could Google, what is publisher? find a million different things resource it out but back then there was barely books about the music industry Mm -hmm. and there was ones that you know people would say how to sell t-shirts and make money and how to be a touring band it was more corny but Mm -hmm. donald passman had their facts yeah kind of like if you it it basically he built a math book for our business right right? and it just at one two three no hype no bs like and you can make as much as this it wasn't even that it was like cd you um Songwriters split up 100% of the publishing. Here's how you do writer share. You Mm -hmm. just break it all down. Mm -hmm. So super helpful. But because Yeah, yeah, so Donald Passman, if I ever get a chance to meet you, you're getting a big hug from me. Big, big help. I read... I think you had uh, four versions from the, the year I bought it, four versions that I read and caught up. If you got a new one, I will go check yeah, that these out. Yeah, he's on the ninth one now. Yeah, so I will go check out the ninth one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a period of time he took a little bit of a break, mm-hmm. but um, he was probably going through the digital transition yeah. to try to understand that. And there's still some things in the digital world that are missing. They mm-hmm. haven't, like, the money's all added up in the uh, physical world. In the 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 digital world, there's still monies that are missing to artists, -hmm. and how they're being collected is still a little bit iffy. But their publishing companies are on the digital people every day. There's they're going to Congress on a regular basis, trying to implement mandatory government laws to where if you play my song somewhere, -hmm. you got to pay me. Absolutely. So they're trying to figure all that out. There's still a few missing pieces, but since I read those books and I I researched them like crazy. Yeah. Corrupt would talk to me about things, and I, I knew what I was talking about. Mm. And he was blown away. Mm. So Corrupt goes, man, you're like a lawyer. And I go, no, not really. I just try to make it a point to understand this business. And he goes, man, I need to take you with me to some of my meetings with my manager. So whatever you need, I got you. So he brings, yeah, so he, it's study. it's important to study your craft. Yes. Get that, like, get everything out. Like, whatever you need to know, get that out, the foundation. So when it hits your lap, you can really build and take advantage of it versus the other way mm. it hits you you don't know what you're doing and you and you lose the opportunity you can't you don't really capitalize off of it
0: stay ready so you ain't got to get ready
1: there you go so he brings his brother roscoe uh, roscoe mm-hmm. Rosco, i think he was 14 or 15 at the time mm. he brings him to my house with his mom and um natina Bree, mm. a rapper a popular rapper at the time and actress i mm-hmm. uh, can't remember the group i'll think about it for a second okay. but um Brings them with them and a lawyer. Mm-hmm. They go, Flossie, we love you. We, you know, I sat with the mom and everything, my family. They because they it's at my house. It's yeah. about a big house. You know, they're staying at my house. Um, she whatever, well, the whole family staying at my house. So um they go, Flossie, we decided we'd like you to, we'd like to Roscoe to move out here, and we want you to take legal guardianship of him. Wow. So I did uh, the paperwork, took legal guardianship did the home studies, homeschooling and everything with him. Wow. And part of the deal was you're gonna stay here, I'm gonna take care of you. But you're going to record every single day. All day. Morning, noon, and night. Man, in the studio. This Roscoe. Love Roscoe. Mm. Amazing. He was basically like his brother. Mm-hmm. But the clean version. He wasn't saying all the dirty words. Which made it easier for someone like me. I don't mind dirty words. Mm-hmm. But when we're selling records, it limits us. Yes. So that was, at the time, it was like... What you hear on the radio was not allowed on radio when we entered the game. Right. You couldn't say the N-word, you couldn't you couldn't reference smoking weed, you couldn't reference to weed at all. Yeah. Sex, violence, mm-hmm. shooting, none of that stuff was just allowed because rap was becoming, for the very first time, allowed on commercial radio. Yeah. Most stations didn't play rap. Mm-hmm. So that's the world we're in. And as much as people hate Suge Knight, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Suge Knight literally roughing up people, forcing them to play the record, the gangster records, mm-hmm. They wouldn't have played records, mm. radio, uh, gangster ra- uh, records that we have today on the radio. Mm. So as much as people are down on sh- uh, Suge Knight, I love Suge Knight because he kind of opened the door for a lot of people, mm. including myself. Mm. I give him a lot of credit for me being able to do that. Do that to take my song to a radio station and them not to go, hey, dude, we can't play that on radio. Right. So ultimately, took uh, we're making records with Roscoe, mm. and we make a record, uh, but at the same time. Going back and forth with Snoop and everyone's like family, it's really cool. Meet everybody in the dog pound, the camp, nay everybody, and uh we're making records for Snoop mm-hmm. to hopefully get Snoop to use these records. Yeah. We sent him a record um he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Roscoe said, I'll just get on this record. Roscoe gets on this record, it's called The Song Was a Smash. Mm-hmm. So I bring it to Capitol Records, okay. or excuse me, no, I bring it to Priority Records, mm-hmm. first time ever to a label and the, show him the record, Brian Turner, mm-hmm. the oh. owner of the label. Um, he was the one, if you watch straight out of Compton, where Ice Cube gets mad about the money, he smashes up his office. That was the guy? Brian Turner. Ah, He, he later becomes a very good friend of mine, still is to this day. Nice. Um, he produced and put out uh, the first Friday. Okay. So And then um, Step Up or whatever. Yeah, the dance movie Yeah, mm-hmm. he, started, he did those in the, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so um, he says, I want this song. So we end up doing a deal Mm. Getting a Roscoe a million dollar deal mm. for a single an album. Yeah. And the song became a smash hit and like an anthem. The song was called I Love Cali. I love Cali in the summertime. Hey. I love it. Hey. So it became like an anthem every summer they played it. So now I'm in a record label talking to them, cutting me checks. Mm. That song, so the um because of Donald Passman, mm-hmm. I was offered a publishing deal. Mm. During this time it's hard to, like, bring everything in to, try to keep one point. During this time, I happened to fly in different people, like, a great singer. Hey, I know so-and-so. He's a great singer from New York. Mm-hmm. I would fly him in. I'm not making money, but other than selling CDs. Mm-hmm. Fly him in because he can sing. And I'm trying to make hits. Mm-hmm. Dude can sing like um, somebody could freestyle.
0: Yeah. But, hey,
1: I got this concept. He would sing it. Like, yeah, Fire. Yeah. Like, in a second. So, I had him in the studio. stay at my house. He happened to be with... Um, best friends with uh, Trigger the Gambler and Smooth the Hustler from back in the days. Mm. So now I'm on the phone with those guys. These Now I'm meeting more people and um, those guys were close, and he was also close with Def Jam in New York. Wow. So he would go in their office on a regular basis. He introduces me to um, uh, Irv Gotti. Mm. Irv Gotti was like me at the same time. Yeah. He wasn't really doing a whole lot. He was kind of getting in the business and he was also with uh, Mona Scott. Okay. Um, and they she had to produce VH1 shows. Now. Yes, for love and hip hop. Mm-hmm. And she um, she had Violator Records ah. with uh, Busta Rhymes, and so they were just getting their thing going uh, at the time. They're like lady, Yeah, so I, I ended up meeting all these guys, and what would happen? Because every week, I didn't want to bug them, and and uh, their artists were starting to do good. Mm-hmm. Our, um, ja Rule was in a group at the time mm-hmm. he, before he went single. Yep. and they had their office. Violator Records was starting to make noise and bust around start to come into the scene really big mm-hmm. and so but they were all learning kind of there were just a, a, maybe a few years ahead of me on the learning everything yeah but all the stuff comes at you so quick so every week we would call and they would be in their office and i i would we'd talk. And hey i learned this or learned that and i would ask two questions every week mm. hey i ran into a situation about publishing this and that and everybody would chime in and give me advice earth especially mona That's what's up. they're very knowledgeable yeah. so um and Clark Kent met as well, the DJ? yeah. Mm-hmm. So I met him, so I, I was able to kind of get ideas from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so learning the game, and then right when the song takes off, the record label comes to me and says, Hey, we'd like to offer you a publishing deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I is that went, what you originally came
0: for like a publishing deal? Like, what was the conversation you had with the labels once you had the compilation already prepared?
1: No, they, they just wanted roster, oh, okay, they just wanted to sign him. Mm. But they also saw it. I was working with other people. I was working with Freddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. I still didn't. I'm working with these guys making records. And then um, I'm doing half of Corrupt's album. And they're just paying me. And I'm doing the deal. But they weren't talking to me about publishing. Mm. Um, Full Force was producing records for like uh, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. And they were making these pop records. Yeah. And so they, they offered me a publishing deal too. Mm-hmm. So... Right at the same time these people were offering a publishing deal and I don't quite understand because we're writing the songs, mm-hmm. so we own the publishing. Right. So I don't know enough and they're offering hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time. So mm-hmm. I go, let me, I didn't say no, I mm-hmm. said, let me try to understand what this is. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Mm-hmm. So I go back and through Donald Passman's book, trying to understand it. Yeah. Okay, still a little confused because publishing is very complicated. Mm-hmm. And before I could even say yes or no, the film, like, we're looking at one contract for $150,000 advance for the publishing. Mm-hmm. Publishing works like this. If if you come to me and say, Flossie, I want to buy your publishing, it would, it's what's called a co-publishing deal. Got it. You'll give me $100,000 and that's considered an advance. Mm-hmm. So when and out of that advance, you will now, for a period of time, say four or five years, Get fifty percent of the money. Mm. So basically, all the money I make for five years, you now get fifty percent by giving me a hundred thousand okay. dollars. That's your investment into this business called publishing. Mm-hmm. And so now I only make fifty percent of my money for five years. Okay. okay. After they make the hundred grand, mm-hmm. okay. so now a movie comes out called by um, Harrison Ford called Hollywood Homicide. Mm-hmm. The record label calls me, say, hey, Flossie, they want this for your. Um, For the movie Mm. opening credits, yeah, two hundred thousand dollars. So, out of the two hundred thousand, it was actually four hundred thousand. Out of the four hundred thousand, the label gets two hundred thousand for the master, the publishing side gets two hundred
2: thousand.
1: I own the publishing. Wow, bam, two hundred grand. One check, there you go. And we pay the writers with that money, but it just will top me really quick don't be so quick to take the money. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sit back and think because I never had to do a publishing deal because of that. Yeah. Now I own a hundred percent. Don't have to split it up. Mm-hmm. And all because the only reason I would have taken it was for the money yeah. and not, also not understanding. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I would say you should always pass on the money because it just depends on where you are at. You know, if you need the money to pay your rent, take the money. Right. So I learned real quick on the publishing side and uh, that took off and then Master P calls me because they want to put that song on their West Coast Bad Boys compilation. Yep. Uh, we do a remix with Ant Banks and uh, mm. uh, Mac Dre. Mm-hmm. And that record does well. And then Brian Turner starts calling me for a lot of projects, bam, bam, bam. And so we're we're moving along and um, it's still hard. It's not easy. Like, So I'm going back and forth to uh, Snoop's house. I meet a girl by the name of Violet Brown. Okay. Violet Brown was mentioned at that time by Eminem. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the songs was bragging about. I met my girl Violet Brown. She was the person who bought, ordered the music for Tower Records or, or I me, mean, Warehouse Records, oh. which is the biggest, you know, mortar store, pretty mortar store for selling CDs. Mm-hmm. Now, at that time, you could never put out music without going to a major, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because you needed a distributor who could sell to these stores. Got it. They had some that were smaller but you couldn't actually really get a, a handle on it you go through some smaller ones who didn't really have the ability to pull it through and that's what i was doing at the time to, and it's hard to get them in the stores mm-hmm. there was a lot of political things that go on a lot of greasing people's palm to mm-hmm. get your for example if you walk into the store mm-hmm. you go in there oh my god there's a shelf right there and your cds right there yeah that costs money it's called an in cap
0: ah. so
1: that means that you're paying for every CD you sell, a dollar to two to three dollars to have it right there. Mm. So, but it's better because people see it and the likelihood that they can grab it. So right, exactly. you would p- take the hit. Yeah. Now, yeah, like for shelf space, pretty Yeah, cool. for shelf space, and yeah. it's priority, and you know, it's, it's crucial. So I meet her, mm. and she goes, I've been hearing a lot about you. This is a white lady, kind of a hippie type of lady, yeah. older, but she was really hip to the streets. Mm. She had her ear to the curb, and so I go. You have? She so goes. I hear you've been doing this and that. More stuff than I know. Wow, like, oh, that's crazy. So <laughs> I <I'm>, did that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking. Okay, great. What do I got to do to get you to buy these CDs for so me? And she goes, Call me, honey. Mm-hmm. So I call her. She says, Come down to the office. Mm-hmm. I bring a rapper by the name of Forty Glock. Okay. He's a good friend of mine at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Forty Glock back yeah. in the days. I know you guys heard a lot of crazy stuff about him. Really yeah. great guy. Really connected with the streets. Had a lot of like he ran the streets. Yeah. For the cribs, mm-hmm. so Hugh took me around. I hung out for days with a caravan of the homies, and we would go from each hood. He was he was welcoming all the hoods. Yeah. So and he knew every rapper you could think of, you Jay, whoever you could think of. The dude was kicking up 50 Cent all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, we would go from every hood. He introduced me to people because yeah, he was signed the G Unit for a while. Yeah, he right? was mm-hmm. with G Unit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he stayed at 50. He stayed. He lived with 50 Cent. Ah, okay. So for a while, but he's actually from the Inland Empire, which, where, where where I was from. Yeah. And um, he took me around. Because back in the days, I had a lot of issues because I'm a white dude mm-hmm. doing black music, and mm-hmm. that wasn't something that was normal. Mm-hmm. Especially, look, I, I'm super white. I'm yeah. not. I look at it anyways. Yeah, pretty pretty ghetto, but I look super white. Yeah. So people. What should hey. this say? Are you like Italian? Or I'm a, just a white dude, white, mixed, white, French, you know, got whatever. It. Just mix with a mutt. All right. Well, so, tell me the tw-
0: 23 and me later. <laughs> uh, you know, I gotta get. Like, my wife keeps saying, "We
1: gotta find out because I might be part black." Because some people say, "You dude, you you might be black." Yeah, right. So you definitely got some soul to it. Yeah, you know, sure. So. <laughs> so at this time, I was getting some other in up and coming camps, mm-hmm. kind of putting the word out like, "Hey, when we see flies, we'll peel this cat Cause it was like threatening so what yeah. i started doing is going to the hood where that was here that by myself late at night mm-hmm. say hey, i'm flossy and they're tripping on me like what are you doing why would right. you come to our hood that's crazy right. but then also like, this, this dude is crazy what's up and i go we can make money together mm-hmm. that was my mentality we can instead of fight each other they're making the money that i because everybody's thinking i'm getting the money and i'm kind of Pulling money from everybody's pools, mm-hmm. so therefore they can't get as much money. Right. And their head that thinking, like dude, I'm making a tiny piece of the pie. Mm. These guys, crazy money. Yeah. Because I've seen it. Because a lot of people, we hear and see things now because the internet. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't hear back then. Like, how much did he get? dude this guy get to keep half a million, or do this in one day's work? So I started putting that word out. We can get the same money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So started uniting with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so uh, while I'm doing this, uh, I didn't want to. I was going to Snoop's house and I'd see Fredrick, uh, Battlecat, all these producers working right in Snoop's home. Yeah. So I didn't want to try to compete with them to take their money or, you know, basically I was worried that if I did a track with Snoop, maybe these guys wouldn't get paid. Mm -hmm. And I'm working closely with them on other things too. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So, but I do need a lane. I need to figure out how I can get more production out there. I started selling CDs at the swap meets, indoor swap meets, and the lady... One lady goes, you come back with this, A Korean lady. She, she goes, we need to look for this. I got black artists. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is the shit we're talking about. I got fire. Yeah. And uh, on the covers, all my black artists on there. And she goes, pointing to this um, Mexican. Mm. I pick up these CDs. I heard it three times. Mm. I'm like, all right. They want to, because basically the, when you go to swap meets, we sell those CDs for 20 bucks retail. Mm-hmm. You would sell it to the mom and pops for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you drop off five, they would buy them too. Five, 10, you yeah, got 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Yeah. You go run around the whole swap meet, you might make a thousand dollars Right. But I got shut down that day, no, no sales. And they kept three out of the 10 people I went to that place said this. Mm-hmm. So I bought one of the CDs. They make no money and spend no money. It's a terrible way to do business. Right. Sure. So I buy the CD, I go back, listen to it. And it's uh, Chicanos, um, Mexican Americans that are singing, rapping mm. over old school lowrider classic doo wop music. Mm. Literally rapping over the song mm. with no edits, nothing. Like they just heard the song and rapped over it, and recorded
2: it. Yeah,
1: uh, this is selling. Let me find out what this is going on. So mm. I start pulling the all the homies on the streets. What's the business? Somebody come back, break it down to me, give me a report. What's going on in the streets? They come back. Hey, here's what's what's hot. None of these artists are on radio. Mm-hmm. No one's commercially, no one's signed. These mm-hmm. guys are slaying stuff. I go, who's the most popular? The guy who's the most popular at the time was Little Rob. Mm-hmm. Little Rob was killing it. So I go, okay, how do we meet Lil Rob? Mm-hmm. Go find her. Mm-hmm. Bring him back. He signed to a label. So that's cool with Bruce's music. Mm-hmm. Start producing his music. Um, going, ends up going great. Um, the... We did. A, he was at the house every day making records. Mm-hmm. We did work on his whole album. He was signed to an independent record label called Upstairs Records Upstairs Records. Yes. Great group of guys. Um, and so, producing his records, you know, the label's paying me to produce them. Mm-hmm. So, I I got an obligation to make sure I come up with something that's going to sell for them. Right. So the label's entrusting me to make sure the producer, which is Fingers mm-hmm. um, and Little Rob, are making great records, and you know. Sometimes i would hear them like, ah, this or that. So trying to s- steer the camp, make the artist happy, the producer happy. I come home from work, I had a day job still at the time. Mm. Yeah, but at this point, your position within the label is executive producer? You would call me the executive producer, yeah. Okay. So so basically, the, somebody would, the label this is where they would typically work. Flossie, here's the check. Bring back these records, we need a hit. Mm-hmm. And in those days, the job was three singles mm-hmm. on and out. You have to have three songs that would hit the radio. Mm. That was the formula at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, little Rob is a Chicano rap artist that does, you know, is a rapper, yeah. you know, singer. So radio records are different than what you would typically hear on a rap record. Right. There's a formula for radio that you kind of to be successful. Mm. So he I came home th- from work, and by the way, never quit your day job until your hobby. Mm-hmm. turns into more money than your day job because ultimately it's a hobby until it becomes a job right. meaning your job is making you money mm-hmm. and don't quit it because uh, you're thinking like I will make more quit it because you're making money mm-hmm. not not before that it's super it's a it's a tight rope you got to balance uh, but don't do it that's what I did I kept waiting and waiting I'd work my day job you know, in the morning till night, come home in the studio till two, three in the morning, back to work mm-hmm. every day, Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. And most often, I flew on Saturday and taught a motivational seminar on Sunday. Oh, okay. Most of the year, I did that. Okay. So I worked Sunday through uh, Sunday through Monday every day, mm-hmm. every week. So, anyways, I come home from work the one day, and uh, they play the flossy. They show me what they were, they did for the day. Yeah, song was called um, mm-hmm. Summer Nights. Okay, so every day just sitting around, but when the sun goes down. You're ready to party? Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing like them summer nights. Hey. hey. Oh. <laughs> so that record, I heard it. Amazing. I go, this is amazing. I love it. I go, this is the one. Little Rob, who's not used to doing those type of records, mm-hmm. a little different for him, said he didn't know. Famous didn't know because mm-hmm. it wasn't him. My attitude was like, well, the label's wanting us to do something to take you away from what you're doing to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. In my head, this is it. Mm-hmm. So, um a few days after that, Corrupt, Keep in mind i'm driving wherever he's going i'm driving yeah, doesn't yeah, drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so i take corrupt to a session with um i think it was dj quick sugar free was there mm. um and we're doing records up at the studio and everyone is there like the dog pound everybody was there that day yeah and a guy by the name of uh, damien young Demizza, mm. um Demizza at the time was ranked um one of the top 30 most influential people in hip hop. Yeah. From Source Magazine. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who decided the records at Power 106. Mm-hmm. If he said these records are going in, they're going in. So he he goes the so well, program director, pretty much, right? He was pretty much the program. He decided the music. He broke anything you heard from Power 106, those hits, whatever big record at that time, he's the one who broke it. Gotcha. So um, he decided. Mm. So everybody to meet him would be like an honor. Right. So to me, like okay cool, corrupt goes flossy. This is the Mizza. Demissa, if you ever need anything from me um or flossie you just let her know Mizza, if flossie needs anything do it De Mizza sat down great dude we, we hung out so they're playing records different stuff from uh, quick and sugar-free stuff and um I just interrupted and go um hey can I get your advice since you decide music right mm-hmm. and it really was not meant to like cram down their throat I just I wanted a, an opinion these are guys that are like Places I wish I could but be. I love so them. yeah. So why not go to somebody you're looking up to, and get their thoughts? Maybe they told me it sucked. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe we shouldn't go after this. Mm-hmm. But I played the record, and uh everybody lost their mind. Mm-hmm. The Miz played it back to back a bunch of times. So I called the label. Said, dude, I got this. Is the next record because they were iffy too. They told yeah. me, yeah, we don't know like so this is the record i'm telling you right now and i go well, we're thinking about they had i think a different plan mm-hmm. like a way to roll them out mm-hmm. they love the record they said but maybe not the one mm-hmm. i go this is the one you don't even understand because he's telling me he's going to play it next week yeah i go this is going to be the one he goes well let me think about it it's mm-hmm. their attitude on phone Are you crazy? people the guy who decides the biggest hits in the world is right here telling me this is the one yeah and you've you got to think about it i said okay great I hang up the phone i was kind of bummed but yeah. i said See what happens. Right. They play the record, boom, instant. Mm. Hit takes off, goes hardcore. Becomes like number four. Nice. Top four hit. So um the label initially was like, I don't know if that was the right move, but I kind of just pulled the strings and run it, and mm. it worked, and it was really it did successful. So that introduced me to one. This station now said, You got records. Because at that time, it was kind of like in each city these DJs hated each other. Mm-hmm. And like you could I couldn't go take a record across the street to another competing station mm-hmm. and play it there because that station would say don't ever bring me another record. Ah. So it was kind of like a weird area. So I would go to Power 106, which is great because at the time they were the biggest station I think in the country. Yeah. Um, competing with Hot 97. Mm-hmm. And so um, all my records would break there. So yeah. I bring them there and um, I did another. I had a bunch of. By this time, I had like six or seven records. Yeah, they're doing great. And I did a song um, with this artist named uh, Down, aka Kilo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kiss FM mm-hmm. was playing some of my records because I started doing like lovey dovey type of records. Yeah. And Kiss FM was with Ryan Seacrest, and uh, she had a partner, or he had a partner that uh, Julia, Julie Pilot, mm-hmm. and they decided the music. Yeah. So I would go down there, meet up with him. She goes, bring me some more music. We're only playing two or three of your songs. Super Great. laid back. Come down if you got anything. So I put seven or eight songs on a CD on a Friday, dropped it off with her and Ryan. Said, hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think. Didn't know she liked it. Even. A number um, six or seven was I mean, like a cello. Yeah. And she you heard that cello. record and mm-hmm. she lost her mind. And she was like, I'm, I like liking the song. And in our head, I was like, it was iffy too. That was like, mm-hmm. I don't know and it may not have been it probably wouldn't have been the record because this artist had snoop on records uh, nate dog every mm. rapper on the west coast was on this album right so this probably wouldn't have been the record we'd go after mm. but they literally when she called me on the weekend said i really like it and i go "Well, tell me you know if you want to go with it let me know on monday the song was in full rotation nice all day every day playing that record mm. that record then translates to other stations other stations youtube starting to come into play now mm. people are sharing their dances of being like Asian kids, white kids, which our music never even played on, you know, those stations. Right. It was black urban music we were doing. So this is all organic, bro. It was all organic. And it's also something we're learning, hey, this music is largely being helped because kids are making dance videos, showing themselves dancing to it and posting it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. YouTube is fairly new. Yeah. So we're starting to understand, like, there's a way to share content through this Social media world, which mm. is, a, I don't even think social media was a thing at the time. But are you going to work? Right, right. What so year was this part? Maybe 2002. Okay. So yeah. early, early. Right, yeah. So it ended up taking off, and um, from there, just kept escalating. I'm working with Kiki Palmer. Mm. I do a deal with them. Um, I got the president of the label calling me. Mm. Normal routine would be like somebody at the label who decides or discovers new talent would be called AR. Right. And an uh, A and R person would find artists and repertoire. Yeah. So they would their job was to find up and coming artists and they would might go to a showcase and see somebody perform at a concert. Mm-hmm. And then they'd bring them back to the, the label and say, look what I found. Mm-hmm. And then everybody would make a decision, should we sign them or not? Mm-hmm. Um most people would brag to me about that. Keep in mind I'm doing all the stuff with, with no labels involved. Just yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And so people go, Have you met so and so? And I was always a little bit envious, like, How did you meet that, that AR guy? Yeah. That was, How do you meet these people? Where do you meet them? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. So, um, move in the shadow. see, I'll say the secret So now, GEIB's calling me. Not that AR people. I had one meeting this whole time with Interscope through a hookup friend said, Hey, Flossie, I know this guy at the Interscope. He basically begged them to take a meeting with me Mm because he had a relationship. But I don't think the person was pretty well known. Mm -hmm. I won't say his name. I don't think he was, he cared two shits about meeting with us. Okay. I was excited. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the biggest. When he hears what what I got going on, game over. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, like, he's so lucky to meet us, Mm -hmm. this camp. So I bring the camp down. Yeah. And I got music, Mm -hmm. listen to different artists, and I'm explaining each artist. And he's like, in the middle of playing these records, he would take a phone call. Music's still going, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, in my head, just put pause, and stop right there, because you want to hear this. Because yeah. we are I'm so excited about our stuff. Right. I want him to be. Right. And so he's really, I realized, three or four songs in, people walking in and saying, hey, I want to talk to you about this, going over paperwork, and in the middle of my music playing, mm-hmm. stop, 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 stop. And I'm like, I finally got irritated, and I'm just going, you know what, dude? Mm-hmm. Got a push jack, grab the CD and say, man, I appreciate your time. I'm going to go." Mm-hmm. And I walked in. Everybody knew I was mad. Mm-hmm. He went, dude, what are you doing? I go, dude, did he try to hear us? Right. He doesn't really give any... He don't care at all that we're here. We're probably more of an inconvenience. Right. And I don't want to meet up with these terms. Right. And so we leave. And I felt like super... I felt this bit. Uh, so I'm like, I don't even... And it's embarrassing with my whole camp. So yeah. go back yes. to forget it. I don't I don't even want to waste my time with labels. They don't care about us. Mm-hmm. We just go do our own thing. Exactly. So now the presidents are calling. This particular guy was in the meeting, like in the, <laughs> he was the guy that did that. Yeah. But then Jimmy calls me, goes, Hey, man, what's up? And I go, What's up? He goes, Where are you going? And I go, Got a meeting with Jimmy. And he's like, What? And so you go in, and Jimmy closes the door, walk out, and the guy goes, Man, how about you? What's up? And he goes, Man, get at me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, Why do I need to get at you? Is this the same dude that will kind of know you? Yeah, the same guy, because he works with Jimmy. Ah, so I'm walking past his office to the boss's office. I got you. Jimmy's the main dude. Mm-hmm. He signed Eminem, he signed Drake, he mm-hmm. signed, you name it. Mm-hmm. But, um, so anyways, now he's calling me for different projects. Mm-hmm. And I'm co-producing, getting involved in records, and, and I got a situation going on. Then uh, Mike Caron, who runs Atlantic Record, mm-hmm. called me for doing similar things, and Mike is a really great guy, because now he's going, Hey, I got this new artist, B.O.B., we got this song called Airplane, I want to try, what do you think? Now we're bouncing ideas off each other. Right. And he would come to the studio, Mm -hmm. work with me on records, because he loved to really get creative on the records. Mm -hmm. Most presidents, they just cut checks, kind of direct traffic a little bit, but they weren't the creatives. Right. Mike Caron, involved. Hey, Flossie, I got this guy named Flowrider. We're trying YouTube, we're going to try some marketing. So we get ideas like what's working or what's not working on YouTube, what's working on social media, Mm -hmm. things that work. So now I'm getting information, giving him information what I did that worked, and it started streamlining, started going faster and faster. With through Mike Karen, I did Kiki Palmer, with it was a Nickelodeon and Disney deal, Mm -hmm. made the most money off one song I've ever made. They paid me seventy-five thousand dollars for the song. Beautiful. Um, But just going and then uh, as it progressed, uh, in comes the the owner of Priority Records. Mm-hmm. Brian Turner is good friends with Mac-10. Yep, He tells Mac-10 to call me because Mac needed help with his label. Mm-hmm. So this guy really knows, he's telling Mac, this guy kind of has a handle of that. Street, who, who banging records, right? Who banging records. Mm-hmm. And so I work with Mac on some records. Mac is like a very, he's smart, but he's very street. And he's also very stubborn. Mm-hmm. He don't like change. He's like, what he does is the right way. And he goes, man, Brian told me to call you, but uh, I don't even understand what you do. <laughs> and uh, I go watch. And then um, we did a record It worked out really good it was successful. I, because not only if I get paid to produce a record, I'm going to push it, too. Mm. Because I want our production to be out there in the forefront. Mm. So I want to make sure the record is successful. Yeah. So um, so Matt ends up calling me. We go have a um, bite to eat a couple of times. That yeah. So when
0: you do that, when you push the record, right? Because you're a producer as yeah. well. Does that qualify you to make more money as a different position when you push no, the record? No, it just.
1: It's like a, um, I learned this from Little John. Okay. So Little John, the little, little, little Lil, Lil, Lil John, mm-hmm. had a group. And little John was trying to get in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he was okay, but he knew that if he got with a big artist. It would become successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, who was it? Usher had that song. Usher and Lil Jon. What was that song called? Oh, "Lovers and Friends." No, wait, the the first song. Um, the yeah, first song. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 right. yeah. yeah. With Ludacris. Yeah, Lil John was on that, right? Yeah, Lil Jon, yeah. Ludacris. There you yeah. go. So that record, he he was on it. Usher was super biggest thing ever, right? Yeah. R&B artist. The label didn't want to push that record. Mm. Lil John paid for the marketing promotion on that record, to take off, without the label at all. Mm-hmm. Spend his own money, because in his head, if this record breaks, I'm going to be big. Mm-hmm. And because he marketed and promoted that record, it started taking off, the labels didn't get behind it, mm-hmm. and now, little John is now a household name. Nice. So that's a great strategy, so the idea is like, don't be like, I'm not going to to do it, think like, if this wins, we all win. Right. And that was the mentality. I need this to work, because if it goes, I will get more opportunities. So sometimes right. it's good to invest your money, even if you're not getting the return on it for, mm. for doing that, because ultimately if you become a household name, that's a crap. Mm-hmm. You will get other opportunities to make that money. So that was the theory behind doing that. Mm-hmm. So Matt 10 calls me and says, hey man, I think I want you to help me with my label. Mm. And I think uh, Brian Turner was kind of leading, steering in that direction. Yeah. So we took a couple meetings and, and I was pretty big in the universal house, meaning like, uh, Universal Music Group. -hmm. Universal. What happens is Universal Records, Universal Music Group. Excuse me, -hmm. has a bunch of labels under them, -hmm. a bunch of big labels too. -hmm. You would consider them big labels, major labels, and. But they're the umbrella. They're the umbrella. They're the ones that put your music everywhere. -hmm. And so, what would happen is if you have a label under them, you would be the independent label. Mm-hmm. But then when you have a record, which Mac 10 had, who it, which mm-hmm. was under the umbrella. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is you would go to the label, go, hey, I got a new record out, or it me, the distribution outlet, Universal Music Group. Yeah. And you would say, I got a new record. Mm-hmm. And you're, you do like this presentation, mm-hmm. a little song and dance, like, this album's gonna be so big, we got so-and-so on it, so-and-so on it. Whatever album you had, good. it was yeah. the biggest album ever. Right. Their whole staff would sit there and listen to it, and the idea was marketing, promotion, Whatever yeah. radio, the whole staff would listen to your album. Mm-hmm. And the idea for doing this is they would go after our meeting, their little song and dance, like two step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, t- you're trying to hype it up, the yeah. dog and pony show. Yeah. You leave, and then they're going to go, hey, I, this could work here. I got this going on in Chicago. All the team amongst themselves we would say, Brainstone. Yeah, they would say, this could work. And the reason you would do that, is because by the end of it, the next day, you would get a phone call, Flossie, I'm willing to advance 150,000, 200,000. For the marketing and promotion focus. Mm-hmm. So the better your song and dance, mm-hmm. the bigger the check, the bigger the project's going to be. Because the more money you have, the more advertising you get. Right. So that's the reason we did that. Got so it. Matt was thinking, I'm gonna bring Flossy to these meetings because he's good in those places. They like him, they trust him. Because I was pretty consistent on making there weren't any albums that I did that didn't make a profit. Mm-hmm. So I would usually make about eight times my investment. Right. So and it was all my own money. So mm-hmm. if I spent one fifty, I'm gonna make eight Mac. Mm-hmm. Eight times that. Mm-hmm. And so um the label saw me, they trusted me. Universal Music Group did, so Mac thought and Brian would tell him this dude probably would be able to help you. Yeah. So we go in there, we do the deal, and I became partners with Mac and was a president of who Nice. And then we'd go in there and you know, sell them mm-hmm. and then get the money back, bam, we'll put out an album and just keep flipping it, flipping it, flipping it. Yeah. So that's how that that all came about beautiful yeah, and matt's a great guy um very smart big, he's a hustler like a real hustler and so um, and this is still like in the early 2000s right mid two like thousand four or five oh, okay or not mid, mid i guess but you know we are still big, right? right right so right. but but uh 2004 or five we started doing that and then um glasses malone we had a mm-hmm. record called uh certified with Akon that did yeah, really yeah, well shout yeah, out to glasses baby. Baby. and um uh, matt Tim was um really close with little wayne and baby mm-hmm. and so that's where the um Certified record. We did a joint venture with Baby, mm-hmm. with Glasses and Baby, and that record. And the reason why we did yeah, that that was
0: with Cash Money for a while, right?
1: Both of us at the same time. Got it. We needed um, we needed a Baby's reach, mm-hmm. so Baby Baby had Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne reached a lot of urban markets in the South and Midwest mm-hmm. that I could never get to because they didn't play they didn't play West Coast music, right. and Glasses was a West Coast artist, mm-hmm. and so I needed help. Mm-hmm. So so, did Mac, Mac reached out to Davey? said, can you help us? Did a joint venture with them, and then by doing that, that record certified. Mm-hmm. He hit all those markets. There's no way I could touch. Right. So bam, the record takes off, and then we're able to you know, get it going. Sweet. So that's how. Um, and Glass is such a great neutral party. for mm-hmm. Everybody, everyone loves him, and th- he's not like so tied into. where are like you would think. Oh, he's he's from this gang or he's from that. Mm-hmm. He was just accepted, embraced by every artist. Every artist would work with him for no money. Mm-hmm. Everybody, little Wayne would send him a track, whoever, whatever he, if he wanted a track from anybody, they would give it, give it to him. Nice. Because he's so affiliated with the streets on a, on a neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Like, and so he he's just a great guy. So, uh, so both, so basically we started doing that and then I started transitioning because la- running a label is a lot of work. Oh, I could imagine. Overwhelming, stressful, like you got to you're responsible for the money coming in and making sure the money comes back. Mm-hmm. And also, the artists are looking for you to make them famous. So, right. there's a lot of pressure with that. Right. Running the label is definitely a lot of work, and there's a lot of pressures from all sides. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for spending the least about amount of money mm-hmm. and making sure we get the most back. Right. Um, also, the artists that we're signing mm-hmm. are looking to me to make them famous. Right. And that's like their careers sure. are in your hands. Yes. And it's very stressful. Could imagine. So, ah man, I didn't like that part of it. I mean, it's cool to have the job, but it's it's very stressful. Hmm. And there's other ways you can make money, like without those pressures, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm glad you highlighted that because a lot of artists, you know, they tend to chase this dream so much, so much, so much, and over time, when they see it's not working, sometimes they still try to force the issue. But it's like they don't realize there's other avenues that they can just take a seat back from being an artist and maybe run a label or be right. an A&R and then make some money doing that way yeah. to then fund their career in the future. But a lot of artists just stay in that hard-headed mentality. I want to be an artist, I want to be an artist. I see you know, they're 40.
1: Yeah. I would, what I would tell artists, and especially artists that get a break, like they make a bunch of money or their songs taken off, mm. no matter what, an artist is going to reach a peak and they're going to start making less and less money as an artist. Mm. What I always tell people like, dude, if you get some money, put some of that money into another revenue stream, mm. whatever that is, preferably outside of music. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's TV or whatever, mm. but take that money where you know if I put 100, 200K over here, mm. I can make two or 3,000 with little or no effort mm-hmm. every month right. for 20 years. Right. That would be the smart thing to do.
0: Real estate. Real estate,
1: mm-hmm. flip, a, a investment maybe. A, if there's some type of business that's running that need a little uh, upstream of money, you can kind of throw that in there and get a, a five, 10% back on that. There's so many opportunities, so much opportunity that you can you can do that. And it may not be the thing you like to do, but it may be a thing that just makes you more money. Yeah. So ideally that's what I'll tell you. Um, real estate is really good, like apartment duplexes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have somebody manage it. So there's no work involved. Right. So things like that, but ultimately yeah. um, music, it was harder to make money with the new streaming. Mm-hmm. You getting 0.004 cents mm-hmm. a stream, and you still got to spend money to get the artists out there. So I kind of let me fall back on that. And I started a digital distribution company. Mm-hmm. So I have um, kind of like um, maybe two core CD baby, yeah. but I provide marketing services that are really great within mm-hmm. there to the members in there. What do you charge the artists for that? Um, it cost, I believe it cost $100 to set up. a. Um, when you first go in there, mm-hmm. so, and then you have your own platform, mm-hmm. and then you can buy all the services. It's you. It's strictly online. I do have people that can answer questions and help you while you're on there. Mm-hmm. But it's something I want it to be more hands off. Mm-hmm. Still make sure it's amazing um, services for the. I try to make it the most amazing marketing services mm-hmm. that are credit for affordable. Mm-hmm. They're all guaranteed. So like the cool thing about it is like annual subscription or just one time hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollar setup. So yeah. Okay. So basically you can go on there. The cool thing about it is like I guarantee services. So most market artists are looking around, trying to get marketing, mm-hmm. playlisting, advertising. They might go somewhere, one, they got ripped off mm-hmm. completely. They don't know the people, they just kept their money, didn't do anything. Yeah. So the other thing is like you didn't get what you paid for. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I thought it was gonna be this, thought it was gonna be that. I spelled everything out, here's what it is, and I also offer these services. they I sub them out. Mm-hmm. But in order for me to sub them out, I charge a little bit of markup, but the person has to provide a cheaper price than mm-hmm. they charge everyone else so I can cover my little commission that I make off of it. Yeah. And also that I guarantee it. So meaning like I always test all these services out for a period of time with a bunch of artists. Mm-hmm. If they're great, consistent, like I if I pay the guy to do 10, 10 different things, I got to make sure 10 out of 10 that came back perfect. Right. Because I offer to my, my people, if it doesn't come back the way I promised, you get your money back exactly, and so of course that person will be out of the system mm-hmm. so the goal is to make sure that everybody gets an amazing price cheaper than go anywhere else but also amazing service
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the guarantee so it's safe when you go going that's what I like about the best about it so we have thousands of public traded company we have thousands and thousands of clients mm-hmm. it's going really well I paid a um, Method Man to be the face of the company. Sweet. So I'll get another artist to, you know, I'll switch them off every now and then, Mm -hmm. just to promote that this is my company, it's a trusted company. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking to distribute his album, the Wu-Tang album that's coming out. So it'll be great to add that to it. But I got a lot of records that are doing amazingly well on there, on the platform. So that's a business I created, took a long time to put it together. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I try to be a little bit more Mm hands-off. And then uh, I have the film and television network, What's Good Entertainment, Mm -hmm. and I have my podcast. Four podcasts that I produce. I'm adding more to it. Beautiful. And then I also distribute movies to the platforms like Netflix, Hulu, Tubi, and all those things like that.
0: Mm. When it comes to talent, like what do you look for in talent before you decide to work with them? And now at this day, as
1: far as music, both musical content creators. Okay. So as far as um, music goes, it's really less about talent, unfortunately, because when I started, it was about finding talent. Right. And and that really was the thing, because if we found the talent. I could secure a record deal if they believe in the talent, and then they would promote the guys through the A and R people. They would build them up, create music, and do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Today, because the talent can do it on their own, the talent can skip the whole the whole step of going to the A and R, and then impressing the A and R, and the A and R goes to the president and said, "Hey, will you sign them?" You can skip that step by putting out. A, you can do a song today and put it out on video tonight, right? And now we can bypass guessing if an artist, the fans, because ultimately we we might think something's amazing, but the fans still have to like it. Mm. So we need to, the whole idea is trying to get a record label we used to spend millions of dollars, put a song out there to see if people would even like the person. Ah, extract that. Yes. Mm. So now they can go, the artists are already doing that. Mm. They're already doing that on their own. So you don't necessarily have to like the person. You might think the music's horrible. And the reality is, It doesn't i don't need to like the music for it to be a hit Mm. the fans need to like it if the overwhelming numbers say this guy's amazing then whether i like the song or not is immaterial right the reality is is it amazing so you can't really look for talent and think oh because this guy's amazing it's going to go it doesn't work like that but what we can do and people go that sucks you're just you know basically just investing in artists and making money and that's really the reality it's a business. Right. So I'm looking for each artist is a business. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for their business to be generating revenue. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you wouldn't go buy a taco stand because I get this. Foss, oh, this first amazing. You got to hear him. You wouldn't go buy a taco stand that had the best tacos in the world, but no business. Mm-hmm. You're better off going down the street and buying the taco stand that says shitty tacos and making 500 grand a year. I got you. Now, now to that point, if they How do you,
0: if there was a diamond in the rough, right? What qualities do they have to possess if they don't have the data that supports that fans like their music? Like if they just have hot music and you hear it, you're like, yo, this shit is crazy, but they got no following, got no numbers. They pretty much been writing, creating these records, looking for an
1: opportunity to meet somebody like you. Would you take a chance on that? No, not today. You know why? Because look, the reality is, Mm. Whatever, like what I'm gonna find someone, whatever I think is amazing about you, I'm gonna find the identical person, the identical sound, and I'm gonna put you with 50 other guys who sound similar to that mm. or fairly close to it and look exactly like it. Maybe you talk the same, maybe you say the same exact same words. I'm gonna find 10 other people like that on social media mm-hmm. and I'm gonna pick the person that has the biggest following engagement. Because the, the reality is, there's so many people, now you're competing with the same type of people mm-hmm. but one guy you have the same people one happens to have more numbers mm. so why would you go with somebody who has less numbers that has the same quality that makes sense and it's it's not to be honest with you like what happens is when you find an artist if we if we want the artist we hey this guy's got fire beats i'll go get the hottest producer in the world to make a track for him yeah that's not hard yeah if i want the biggest art if i want Little baby to be on the record. I'll put little baby on the record. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the major labels, you can just—it's just cutting checks. Yeah. So the reality is, it's better to have an artist that has the momentum. Mm-hmm. So it makes smarter sense to invest in money because you already see they're making money. Yeah. Typically, what labels do now is they look at and go, how much money is the artist making per year from their streaming royalties? Mm. They look at that num- number. They say it's hundred grand a year. They go, he's making hundred grand a year. So if I give this person two hundred thousand dollars cash right now. Worst case scenario, if we don't even promote them, in two years, they get their money back. Mm-hmm. So that's the way they look at it. They look at it as a real business. Mm-hmm. And so now you're going to find artists every now and then will get signed that don't have any traffic, but they're just amazing. Mm-hmm. But they're usually getting signed by an artist or somebody that's an independent label that just loves them or believes in them. Or they know, like, hey, I'm good friends with Post Malone. Mm-hmm. Post Malone agreed. They're like, you know, basically get behind him, mm-hmm. if you would, mm-hmm. and he'll get on a record or whatever. Now, those are little plays like, you would say that's like a risky investment, mm. um, but but if you have it already set up, you would say, yeah, I'm gonna go do this because I got all these moves I'm gonna make. Mm-hmm. You're still risking it. Mm-hmm. Because if you go out there and do this, you still gotta spend it and promote it. Even if you have everybody in the world on a song, mm-hmm. you're still, it's a guessing game. Mm-hmm. Do I, will the fans like them? Because you're coming with nothing. Right? right? How do you know anybody like something and the reality is like somebody will say well he doesn't have the money he doesn't have the team he doesn't have this It's Instagram's free TikTok's free what about if he has
0: offers on the table no data no yeah. nothing but offers on the table from like a Sony and Universal but he's still shopping and they come across but he has no traffic but no traffic but
1: well, why would yeah. the labels be interested in him because
0: of what he has his
1: catalog Oh, he has music, but nobody's listening to the music. Right, he hasn't put it out, he just has music. That might be interesting. It might be interesting to listen to it and see what's there. Mm. Like, if I feel like, like, for example, if I feel like there's some... like us say, for example, he cleared one of the hardest records in the world to clear. He did the paperwork and that song's on his playlist and it's, it's ready to go. Yeah. Like, that might be interesting. Mm. Stevie Wonder co-wrote a song with him and it's clear, the paperwork's done. I'm like, that might be interesting. Things like that, I might think like, what I might think is, even if I, if I say I may not be able to sign them as an artist, maybe what I think, like, I know how I can make money with them. There's a play there. Yeah. I could, there's definitely, I'll do that regardless. If there's a way to make money, I'll figure it out <clears throat> real quick. So sometimes that does work. Like, you told me on had a record with uh, a top 10 artist mm. and it's clear. I can show, I can go make money with it for sure. So, I mean, you don't necessarily need a record label for that. You just, uh, I could just go connect dots and make money. Yeah, Because I'm about making money. I'm I really you. don't even like to sign artists mm. because I like to do it like this. My attitude is I'm the guy that has the money or brings the money to the table. Mm-hmm. I don't need to sign you to tell me to take a percentage of your money forever because I'm the guy that's getting the money to give to you. Right. So if I want my commission, I'll just take it out. So if it's a hundred grand, I go. You cool with eighty grand? You're gonna go. Fuck yeah, run it. Yeah. I'm like, go oh, cool. Why? Well, we'll do a contract for that deal, mm-hmm. but I don't need to own you to do that. Right. If I my attitude is like, and Mac Ten is hardcore about this. Um, you eat what you kill. Right. I don't need to own you just to, to hold get my claws into you, so I get twenty percent of whatever you make for, forever. Because mm-hmm. my attitude is like, I don't need you to go make me money. Yeah. I'll go make money. I just need to participate, mm-hmm. and you're gonna make money. Right. So, that's the way I use it. I like to do it that way because then it's less pressure on all parties. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be like, Flossie, I need to make money, and I'm trying to get you money, but there's, I'm not obligated to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just doing it because I want us to both make money, right. or I need you to make money. Mm-hmm. But uh, but ultimately, yeah, I don't do that. I do have an artist called Maru mm-hmm. who's killing the game right now, mm-hmm. but in a lot of work. And uh, we're at like, um, we're at 2.7 million streams this week. We're averaging that every week. but. Our numbers has doubled, and so he didn't have a big following on TikTok. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a big. He had forty thousand on Instagram. Right. He actually had zero. He didn't have a TikTok account. Mm-hmm. But um. But the was working. Is there AC in here?
0: Yeah. Hey, how are
1: you? Hi. No, no worries.
2: How did you know we were coming? Yeah.
0: All
2: right. We're right, we, 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 we 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 bringing in a. We're not
1: ready to introduce <laughs> you. <laughs> you guys want to sit that? Oh, it's, it's
0: okay, so no worries. Thank you so much. What the they The show the property? Right, yeah. yeah oh, so that's the le- leasing. Area. They're oh, still yeah. building, man. They're building two more other buildings. Oh, that might
1: insane. not This place sells itself. It looks like a resort. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, they're going to have four buildings, and then the whole acre is pretty much going to have storefronts in each ground
1: level. So oh, tenants right. don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, there's a by my house. This, somebody just put that in there, something mm-hmm. like that. Everything's there, stores, everything. Things you need, restaurants, right? They started building the restaurants around it because people figured really? there's 5,000 people here. Right. So why not? But yeah. And then the next year, they jacked it up yeah, <laughs> the
0: jack ran out 5,000 bucks. Yeah, that's the
1: crazy thing. My, um, my friend was just telling me that his son just rented a, um, an apartment for $2,800. Mm. Janky old apartment. Yeah. $2,800. I'm like, dude, that's more than my mortgage. Right. Why would you do that? the They just
0: boosted the rate yesterday. You know, I know. I just
1: told my boss. wife, My I saw. How does that affect anybody? Babe, listen. The more, because my wife saw, that the richer people. You no, know we're like, you keep saying like the rich. Well, you know that fucks up us. And right, they, right, right. I don't consider myself rich, but we make the money they're talking about. Yeah, we're in a different yes. tax bracket. So yeah. she, she doesn't. Seem, that doesn't grasp. <laughs> like when she said like, I go, babe, listen. When interest rates go up, mm. business owners and people with money are buying things. They're paying more interest, which means. The services that are providing have to increase so they can pay the interest. Right. She was like, "Oh," and I go, "So that means it trickles down to the poor guy, mm-hmm. and the poor guy's going to buy a bunch of banana bananas and instead of paying fifty-four cents for a bunch, they're going to pay a dollar. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen." And I go, "That's that's why it's important to watch that number. Right. That tilts the whole game. Mm-hmm. So you affects, own property. Yeah." Yeah. Yep. I own a couple of houses. So. Sweet I own friend. my house but outright. So,
0: okay. So, you're pretty much a landlord renting it out. No,
1: okay. I mean, the other house, my kids, my kids have it. Okay. So, they don't pay anything. But, um, but my house that so I, I have that own outright is valued at 1.1 million. Sweet. So, cool thing about property. Some people, I see people, I understand the theory that they, um, you could actually sell, um, you could rent and smarter to rent versus own. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a strategy behind that, which I understand. It frees up your money. You can do this and that. There's, Things, hey, what would you do if you had 50 grand? You could flip that and turn it to 100. Right. But the reality is, like, if I ever went through some tough times, mm. I could pull it out of my house. It's like, so I'm little. putting my money in my bank. Yeah. And the money's there. It's like, yeah. When would you buy it? Uh, 97. Oh, my God. God yeah. That equity is nice. Oh, yeah. So, I bought it for 200 grand. So, yeah. That's unheard of. Oh, yeah. So, it's ultimately, like, At least, buy, it, At least here. At least yeah. here. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm tripping out. Right. In Texas, you can get a s- sweep like three, 400 Yes, grade. I have friends that did, went to Houston and bought prop- mansions. Yep. Great property. I'm a friend that just bought a lake. What do you buy? It's 400, something thousand. He bought a lake, a mansion. Mm-hmm. Not, not like a mini mansion like we have in California. Right, right. right. Like people come to my neighborhood, oh, it's a mini mansion. No, it's just a house. Right. You go there, there's a mansion. Yes. You know, four or 5,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Looking like a mansion pool. Yeah. He has a uh, a pond, a, a <clears throat> little mini lake. Yeah. And a deck. Mm. Like you can go park a boat, driving around. Mm-hmm. And he was like it's, I think it's ten acres, mm-hmm. four or something. Right? Jesus, Christ. I think it's four or something. But yeah, you bought that recently? Yeah. Like, wow! I want to say last month. Oh my god! I, I go, dude, are you kidding? You got? I guess it's a lake, more like a pond. but It's like a, <laughs> you can put a boat in. I guess it's a lake, right? Yeah. But dude, it's your own. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think there's on the other side you can put your little deck out, but it's really a few. It's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah it's not. Not like place out one of it, but yeah. I don't know, like if I, I always thought about it because I've made it so I can work from home. I don't have to go anywhere. I have to travel every now and then for events and things, yeah. but, but I'm going to pay to do that. But the reality is it doesn't matter where I travel to because... I'm still jumping on a plane, mm-hmm. coming back to the airport. Yeah. If I could have everything, like imagine if you, this is your house, like you're just, everything in here mm-hmm. you're gonna have, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. you don't need to go anywhere. Right. If you had all that that theater next door, mm-hmm. you had a little mini bowling lane, why would why why not, you go anywhere? Why not live in Texas, you right. know what I'm Air conditioning, you know? exactly.
0: So, man, what do you do to relax, bro? Because it sounds like you're a workaholic since back in the day, you had a job yes. running a record label, doing motivational speakers, you got a wife, you got kids. Yes. What do you do to balance?
1: Well, that is a little weird thing like, like doing gangster rap music, it used to be very violent, a mm-hmm. lot of chaos, a lot of gang shit. Mm-hmm. And of course, you end up right in the middle of it, and you have to deal with that. Good right. or bad, it's what you just part of our so business, you signed up yeah. And so, um. That part was very stressful, but what I learned to do, like about four, or five, you would get angry, like I would lose my mind. I was like, angry. like I'd smash and say, like it's, it's a wrap, go handle <laughs> right. that." I was that guy, you know. Like? But um, when things started calming down, um, I started just before COVID. Mm-hmm. I, you got like you say, you got a lot of things coming your way. People hit you, like one day you hit like three or four people hit you problems back to back, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of getting stressed. Mm-hmm. So one day I decided I was gonna. I live in the hills, mm-hmm. so I decided, "fuck it, I'm gonna go for a walk." Mm. And uh, I don't really exercise, which is probably the smart thing to do from mm. relieve stress. But Absolutely. I walked like four miles in the hills, the mountains. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I felt so good. Like the problem that day was a stressful day. Mm. Problems went away. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to start doing this on a regular basis. I was winded too, so mm. I was out of shape. Yeah. So now every single day I walk that trail. Mm. Every day, and uh, I don't stress anymore. I literally, I don't feel stressed for some reason. I don't feel it. Um, and maybe because things are going good, but also I just don't feel it. I don't, I'm not angry. Yeah. Like you could probably spit in my face, but before you might lose your life. Right, right. But today, like you could probably spit in my face <laughs> and be disrespectful to me. And if I knew that if, if I could wipe that spit off and we can still do business together, mm-hmm. I ain't got two problems with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm straight. I'd be like, so about that 100 grand we're talking about. Right,
0: right, I could right, literally right, right. be that
1: guy. Before I'd be like, no, you're going to die. Yeah. I don't care how much money's on the table. Mm-hmm. Now to me, it's like... I'm more likely to clear up a horrible situation, violent in two seconds and, be, and peaceful about it. You can say all the horrible things to me. You can do some horrible things to me and I would get over it. So it therapeutically these walks, Oh, 100%. You got a relationship with God? You know what? I believe in God. Mm. And I pray when, you know, I thank him when mm-hmm. things are going great. Mm-hmm. I say, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, every now and then when the shit hits the fan, I pray that it goes good. You yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. I definitely do. And I, you know, make sure i um, I pray for my kids, you know, help and make sure everything's going good in their life. My wife, especially, you know, make sure everything's good for everybody. But yeah, but I mean, I don't go to church or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe there's a God.
0: Yeah, I actually just started going to church most recently to Shepherds in Porter Ranch, man, and just receiving that word every week. It just does something to me as far as bringing things into perspective, right? And you know what I'm saying? Because during the pandemic, my whole priority shifted. You know, I was just Rapping, music, yeah. entertainment, let's go, let's go. And then when that lockdown happened and, the, and the, you know, everything changed, I was like, well, hold up. You're in real estate. Let me start doing, making these moves and position myself accordingly. So it's not happening. My is straight. And through God, you know what I'm saying, praying every day and just asking for knowledge, for forgiveness for my past and just direction. It was just things just started pouring in, pouring in, like in my lap, like a different opportunity. You should be doing this. And that kind of brought clarity to how I need to position myself to do other things. But it, do you think, essentially, I mean, my mission is to help people. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think, uh, because this is interesting, so uh, sometimes it, like, at the end of the day, as a man, mm-hmm. when things come at you, it's just, you gotta deal with it. Mm-hmm. There's no backup. Like, like I, I, my, both of my parents are dead. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not calling no it's on me. Like meaning the buck stops here, right? Mm-hmm. Good or bad mm-hmm. so you can't call nobody there's no help it's I gotta either fix it deal with it or just suck it up one mm-hmm. or two good or bad sometimes I think if you have like in your head there's a higher power mm-hmm. no the bucks doesn't have to. this doesn't have to lay heavy on my chest mm-hmm. I could call a man upstairs get some knowledge and I got a backup plan
2: mm-hmm. I
1: think that sometimes is part of the um, thing that does make you feel good like you do have support. Mm-hmm. You're not alone in this world, right? And so I think that might have something to do with the the weight, like the life is heavy. Do for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not. The life is heavy for um, wealthy people. A lot of successful friends and thing, things aren't always good because you got money. Mm-hmm. Money eases up a lot of daily stress, mm-hmm. but you, if you're not a good person, or if you're you just have bad luck. Mm-hmm. Life can be very bad for a rich person too. Yeah. And very stressful and sometimes worse mm-hmm. um, because people look at you like you got it all. Yeah. What are you bitching about? Right. And their, their shit might be terrible too. Mm-hmm. So, and then again, you see poor people, homeless people. Mm-hmm. I remember a homeless dude asked, my kids started laughing at me. I had my son, my two sons with me. A homeless dude said, Hey, um, I'm broke. I need money. I go, Are you homeless? And he goes, yeah, and I go, dude, you're not broke, you're even. Right. I go, right. I got mortgages, I got car payments, I got bills, I owe 60000 I started just laying all my problems on them. Yeah. You're in a good spot. Right. I'm negative. Mm. You're here trying to get here. I'm here trying to get to where you're at, bro. Wow. And I'm trying to get even. You are even. Mm. And everyone started laughing, but I the reality is that's so true. Yeah. They're, they're only, it's still stress. It's mm. just different. Their stress is getting nothing money for food for the day. Mm-hmm. I can't just do that. Right. i got to get food for today, tomorrow, six months. i got to pay these bills for this month. Exactly. So there's so much and it's just life. And that's true for everybody but a homeless person. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, if you thought about a homeless life, imagine if every day your job was to wake up, your only concern was to get $5. Now it might be a little harder to get $5 for you because mm-hmm. you don't have the means. Mm-hmm. You know, transportation, you have to go to someone and beg for it. Right. But you know it's out there. Yeah. And, but once you get that you're done mm. your day's finished and that's sometimes i think about like a physical labor job mm. how fulfilling it would be you go to work for eight hours the alarm clock goes off everyone's off work you're done yeah you go home pop open a drink watch the game you're done you don't mm-hmm. have to think about it you're done. me my phone my wife complains about it this phone right here mm-hmm. is right in bed with me yeah because i got business going on in japan Thailand, England, yeah. my phone company, and I gotta take the call and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And while I go to sleep, I'm thinking about things I need to do first thing when I wake up every single night. Right, same. So it's um it's definitely life is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel sorry for myself because I chose this. Yeah. And I love it. I, to be honest with you, I think I have the best job in the whole I world. Yeah. And the coolest job too. Right, yeah, of course. It's, People trip out of me like, dude, like, my kids too. Like, man, you can d- just kick it at the house and get that kind of money coming in. And the reality is like, it it's there now, but I had to build it. It wasn't overnight. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie where they have the baseball th- um, field, Field of Dreams. Yep. You build it, it. Yeah, you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. So if you build it, they will come. Sometimes it takes a long time to build it. Yes. But you got to, in your head, you got to plan and just know. Artists always ask me this. Um. What, if I had money, would I become successful? Or what, how much would it take for me to blow up? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, you're going to blow up if you want to blow up. Mm -hmm. If you know and believe you're going to blow up, you will blow up. Mm -hmm. If you just want to, you may not. Mm -hmm. You may, but you may not. What I mean by that is like, if you're willing, like for me, there's no reason I should be successful where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Everything was against me. Mm -hmm. A white dude doing gangster rap music. Not even, doesn't even make, at that time, didn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. Didn't know anybody. Didn't know anybody in the music industry at all. Didn't know anybody with money at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. I went and found everybody and brought them to me and created it, built it, and built it, and grew, and grew, and grew. Same thing with an artist. You, if you have money, if your mentality is, I'm going to make it at all costs, No matter what, I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. You will make it because I know people that have done it. Right. Money will only get you there faster. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like money will get you money. The money will get you advertisement and promotion, but you can do that with no money. Right? You can upload music to TikTok and Instagram for free. Mm-hmm. Money will just move the process quicker. So, if you are that guy that I'm making it, no matter what, in five years it might take you. The money might shave off three years. Mm-hmm. So, in two years you make their faster. Yeah. But if you know and believe that you're going to make it, you will. One hundred percent. Like for me, if I start something, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to do this. And it might seem crazy. When I started doing music business, people laughed at me. Mm. They thought I was, I told them, I literally told people what I was going to do and I did exactly what I told them. And I went to a party one night, good friends of floss I want to tell you, because I approached people that want them to be partners with me. Right. They go, we all laughed at you behind your back. Mm. And you did it to the T, what happened, number one record on radio, this and that. I did exactly what I told them and it happened. Wow. Now, I told my kids the other day, like, a while back, a couple years ago, I'm gonna start this film and television network. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want it to be like Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be harder because I don't have Netflix money, Mm -hmm. unlimited money pouring in, but I'm gonna do this. And uh, they actually believe me. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, he's gonna do that because I've done everything I've ever said that um, they wait for the situation to be right, Mm -hmm. meaning, I'm gonna wait till I get a new couch. I'm going to wait till I get better lighting. I'm going to wait till I get a better camera. And then I'm going to shoot this masterpiece. And the reality is that's the better way to work is work with what you got, whatever you have, and put it out. Mm -hmm. Because if you put it out, the little bit of success you have, and you will have success. Sometimes it could be one person watching, that's success. Mm -hmm. If it's 10 people, it's success. So it'll be more successful than you just sitting and thinking about it. Take the content, put it out. The next one, it will get better. Mm. And the next one will get better and better and better. In the meantime, you'll have gained so much experience and you'll also have gained a fan base mm-hmm. by putting it out. But most people wait. Mm. They wait till the conditions are perfect. And by waiting, they've lost time, momentum, and the game could have changed. Yeah, Technology changes. Their- yeah. Everything changes. Mm. But yeah, that's the reality of it. I mean, mm. Ultimately, whatever you got, if you're an artist, Get music, put it up on TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, whatever you use. Put it up. Mm-hmm. If you're a, if you're doing skits, yeah, which is great. Put that content out. Right. Put it out. Work on the next one. Put it out. Work on the next one. While you're doing that, you're going to see things like, even for me with the podcast, mm-hmm. you would think since I ran this multi-million dollar business, yeah. it should be easy for me, right? Well, that's a different world. Exactly. Film and TV is completely different than music. It's close, but completely different. Mm-hmm. So I'm still working out kinks every time I put out something. I put something up that takes off one day. Yeah. What did I do different than I, on this one? It, goes, it comes down to sometimes what time did I put it out? Mm-hmm. When did I upload the content? What day did I upload the content? Why was Tuesday at two o'clock different than Monday at two o'clock? Right. These are all yeah. things that you've got to start implementing. And you only learn that from consistency. Yeah. So I would say the first thing, what? because that's why people always say, What have you done? It's your resume. Mm-hmm. Go put it out. If you think it's crappy, it may be amazing to someone else. Mm-hmm. Look at a uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. The first time these kids told me to watch this, way back when it was just, nobody really heard of it. Yeah, Kids at school were saying, my son's like, you gotta watch this, all the kids are talking about it. Mm-hmm. It was Nobody even knew of the movie. Right. I watched it, and I was like, first time I watched it was stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was half because I, in my head I gotta do things, just not. Right. another time, sit down, have a drink, I watch it, I laugh my ass off. <laughs> and I realized that... This movie is actually funny. Right. Once you absorb it, and it's a cheap movie. Mm-hmm. That I think the reason I was laughing, that it was so cheap that these guys had the balls to put this out. But it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. And you realize it's just them just being stupid. Yeah. And just me- making a mockery of what they got. Right. That movie probably made mo- more money than most movies. Right. And they spent minimal money. I mean. I'm, the, the acting, I think, was overall if you reflect on it. The acting is probably pretty amazing mm-hmm. Napoleon. Yeah, 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 And the view, Dance like, you know what <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but ultimately just imagine. So that's the hurt. A lot of people they're embarrassed because and I'm embarrassed. Like I post stuff on TikTok and Instagram all the time. Not because I want to and I'm trying to be famous. I'm just trying to keep my business afloat. Right. And I know it's such a social media world mm-hmm. that I as old as I am, I'm putting out, I'm doing rapping, dance, or whatever. Yeah. To keep the attention on, the, not until you watch me dance or watch me rap or do whatever, something goofy. Mm-hmm. And so the other things fit in and my business flourishes. Right. So you go to my site and say, hey, this guy's cool. I'm willing to make fun of myself for everybody to see how goofy I am. So you'll come and go, whoa, this guy's got a podcast. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just got to do what works. I mean, right. obviously don't jeopardize your personality or yourself, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm a goofy guy, just in public. Right. But I'm willing to show the world. I'm pretty. I would don't, don't normally be a goofy dude to people I know. Yeah. I'm not going to let them you know typically share it, but I'm willing to let the world know I'm a Yeah. As much as I'm doing this hardcore gangster music, I'm a clown. Right. And people that know me know that. But now I'm willing to let the world know just so I can draw you in and do other things so, so we can all flourish.
0: Hell yeah, love it, man. Well, plus man. It was a pleasure. Thank you being for having and me, and man. I appreciate today. it. This yeah. is a great conversation. I can't wait to chop it up and put the phone. Chop the screw it, screw <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, man. This has been another episode of is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Flossie the boss. Let there. the people know where they can follow you, where they can acquire the services, everything like that.
1: Yeah. If you want to watch any of my podcasts, go to What's Good Entertainment. And if you want to check me out, I got a pretty entertaining Instagram. Go to Flossie the boss. T-H-E box F-L-O-S-S-Y-T-H-E, box. And
0: yeah. I'm the biggest box you ever saw. Ah, Thus far, you heard. <laughs> make sure you like and subscribe to this channel. You make sure you some, do it. Make sure you get you some of that sleepers for Billionaires merch. Yes. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. And thank you for watching. God bless. Amen. I wanna be a billionaire I ain't getting no sleep Till I see a million every week I wanna be a billionaire I ain't getting no sleep Till I see a billion every week I wanna be a billionaire Billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire Billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire I I ain't getting no no sleep Till I see a billion
2: every week I ain't gonna make a